Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio by We Are West Ham, James Jones, Will Pugh. Delighted to say James looks absolutely fantastic. He's just got back off a little trip. Glorious colour. Will doesn't have a tissue in his headphones this week, so we're all good to kick off because West Ham, they uh, have had two games in the Premier League season. Not the greatest of starts, but traditionally, West Ham don't start too well in August. It's better than last year. We've already got a point on the board. There's lots to unpack. We're going to be talking Brighton, of course, looking towards Watford, who they play this weekend. Also, they like to say we've got Danny Gabadon coming on the phone later. West Ham legend. Great to talk to him. But... I'm just delighted, firstly, as soon as Hernandez scored this week, I thought of you, Will, because I know he's your favourite player, and I thought, yes, let's talk about the great man that is, because it was a beautiful taking goal. No VAR needed, in fact, but we have to start with a Brighton game, 1-1. What are your thoughts first, Will? You keep talking about bad starts and good starts and all that. I'm getting a bit fed up of the start to these radio (laughs) shows every week, being you sliming your way up to James Jones. It's very much a divide-and-conquer tactic. You always support him in the quiz, and it's starting to wind me up, quite frankly. But you do look lovely, Mission accomplished. (laughs) You you do look lovely with a tan. Oh, thanks, guys. No, I mean, I I do appreciate it. I do appreciate it. You know, someone's got to love me. Yeah, but the thing is, I'd I'd have thought you were the sort of bloke who wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't take on board that sort of, well, it's just grim. Brown nosing from Charlie, really. Nah, I don't mind it. <laughs> take anything you get. I'll, I'll, take, I'll, take, I'll take what I can get, you know. You know, I mean, I don't normally get a tan, so I'm going to, I mean, it's not really a tan, is it? No, I mean, really? your nose has gone red. Yeah, I've got, I've, got, yeah. I've, got, I've got a pink nose and I've got a flaky forehead. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but I'll take what I can get. Yeah, so I appreciate it, Charlie. It's a nice one, You're mate. more than welcome. Well, we are talking West Ham here, and it was 1-1 this weekend at the American Express Community Stadium, as it's now known. A difficult game for West Ham, just one where they had their chances, maybe not enough, but they have come away with a point. 
you know, Potter's side Brighton, they're looking they're looking like a good side under Potter. It was almost they were relegation favourites to kick off the year, weren't they? No one was expecting that result away to Watford last week. You do in fact play Watford next week, but you have come away with a point. What are you making of West Ham so far, and especially in this game, Will? Well, I think I'm, I'm made uh, when I was speaking about it the other day. I think if you put these the two fixtures we've had so far, Man City at home and Brighton away, if you put those anywhere else in the in the calendar for the for the season, then and you said at the end of the season or at the beginning, oh, we we draw away at Brighton, our bogey team, and lose at home to Man City. Well, yeah, obviously losing at home to Man City, you, you assume that that's going to happen anyway. And Brighton, given our record against them in the past four or five games since they've been back in the Premier League you'd also go oh, a point away well, that's, that's not tragic as well obviously when you put them at the beginning of the season and you've only got two points after or sorry one point after the two games you're then chomping at the bit and then that's when sort of you know you get a little bit nervous about that first win and with an away game at Watford obviously away games aren't easy but these are the sort of games that we need to be picking up points from if we want to be challenging for Europe and we thrashed them at the end of the last season at Vicarage Road so it's one of them. We just want to get the first win out of the way now. And not ideal we didn't do it at Brighton, but also kind of expected. I think we said a couple of weeks ago, you know, we looked at the first six fixtures, didn't we? Mm. And we said, you know, OK, uh, you know, we're not going to beat City. And we didn't. Uh, and then we looked at the Brighton game and said, you know, a point there would be quite a good point. Um, and we've got a point there. So we're, we're kind of almost on track in terms of what we predicted. Um, they are still our bogey team. And I, I, I mean... I said last week I didn't expect us to go there and win. I know I did predict a win, but um, I think I think we sh- we should be quite quite happy with it, especially given the performance. I didn't see any of it because I was, as you know, I was away. But uh, from the people I've spoken to, from the reaction I've seen on Twitter and and everything else, you know, it looks as if we you know, we didn't play well enough to probably take the three points. But to get a point away from away from home against Brighton, who already looked like they might be a little bit of a force this year. Uh, a decent, solid mid-table side. So, you know, you take it. I'm quite happy with it. Well, James, you mentioned there then that you were pleased with a point. You would have took a point before the game. When does, you know, fans are fickle, football fans are fickle, when does it change from, that was a good point, we would have took it before the game, but when does it change to that, we need that win now? It, It becomes sort of a monkey on the back. I know it's early days, it's two games in, but are we now like, we have to get that against Watford this week. We have to get it off our back. I think so. I think a lot of fans are expecting us to win at Watford this weekend because of the start the Watford have had. You know, they've mm. lost their first two and they haven't looked They're going to be up for it, though. Yeah, they are going to be up for it. And they're going to want revenge after we, we thrashed them at the end of last season. They're going to want a little bit, you know, a little bit of revenge for us. And I think, you know, we should be looking at this fixture and going, OK, this should be where our first win comes. We did look at at the beginning of the season when we were predicting the first six fixtures and said, right, that Watford one, that could be the first win if it's not if it doesn't come at Brighton. Um, but we have to remember that, you know, last year we lost our first four games and we ended up finishing 10th, which I thought was, you know, it ended up being quite a good season, really. Um, so you can't really read much into these early fixtures. You know, those, you know, the first four of those fixtures last year, I think we lost to Bournemouth, Liverpool... Um, I don't know. I can't remember who else we lost in those first four games. But you know, we should have really had at least six points after those four games. We didn't, and we still had a, a fairly solid season. So, you know, I think fans are quite right, quite right to be looking at this one this weekend to be going right three points now. But if it don't, you know, I think was it Villa uh, or was it Norwich at home the following week? But then they look good as well now. So, we, I mean, if we if we want to finish in the top ten and can keep keep progressing, then these are the games we should be going and going right three points. 
I think, it, sorry, Charlie, just yeah. to interrupt. I was looking at the looking at the fixtures earlier on. Just generally, generally the the fixtures of the whole league, and like you say, with Norwich, they clearly look like a bit of a surprise package now. Burnley went to Arsenal at the weekend. Another sort of another team who people were tipping for relegation. They really conducted themselves well. Obviously, had an excellent result the first game of the season, putting Southampton to the sword. You're you're almost you know, and Sheffield United have have come out and they got a good result at Palace at the weekend. There's there's not those games where there has been in seasons past. No Huddersf- gimmies. The Huddersfields, exactly. The Huddersfields, the derby of old. You know, there's. You almost worry this season that there's not going to be that team who's just dead and buried from Christmas, who you can just go right. There's two relegation places left. You're all, and every game, and it's such an age-old cliche, but more seasons, it's more relevant than others. That I genuinely think this year there's not really going to be any games that are just handed to you on a plate. Yeah, I mean. After the City game, because I thought we played quite well against City, we just come up against an incredibly good City. So, I mean, I mean, they should have stuck seven or eight past Spurs at the weekend. How they didn't, I don't know. Um, thirty shots. Thirty shots. I mean, that was more than than we had, uh, than than we conceded against them. So, Fourteen we conceded. Yeah, I yeah. mean, so I mean, I thought we played really well in that game, and okay, we come off five nil defeat. But after that, I thought, you know, if we played like that with that team, that eleven. You know, we'll, we'll beat a few teams this year. And when I say beat, I mean sort of 4, 5, 6 nil. you know, some of the, the, the so-called lesser sides. But then, you know, you get a couple of injuries like we did with Anderson and Haller and they haven't played at Brighton away and then suddenly you're scraping a one-all draw against, you know, some people will see that game against Brighton as a, as a, as a, as a sort of guaranteed three points. It didn't happen. So now there is that worry, OK, maybe we are going to have to scrape a few results through this season. Well, let's talk about that then because we know traditionally West Ham don't always start the greatest in August. They haven't won a league game in August for three years. They still haven't at this stage. Could change this weekend to Watford. But we, of course, want points on the board. We've got one. Let's talk about performance because we're not too worried about points. Yes, yes, we want them, but we're talking a performance here. Wilshere kept his place. You mentioned their record signing. Haller was injured. There were five changes from the City game. How pleased were you with the lineup and the general performance of West Ham so far, Will? I just think the 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 injuries that James touched on there was such a huge takeaway from that game. Beforehand, you take that's ninety million pounds worth of talent you've just taken out of that team. There are two most valuable players, both financially and probably you know on the pitch as well. And when you take those two out, that's inevitably going to blunt any team in the league, any team in the perhaps Bar City. But you know it would apply to Liverpool as well if you took out their two best players. If you took you know took out Salah and Mane out their team, they're a lesser team, they're a weakened team. Do that to anyone in the league, and the same rules apply other than City. And I think when that happened before, I was my expectations. And you know if you listen to the show last week, we were we were confident of breaking that Brighton curse, weren't we? And the performance wasn't great. You know we didn't we didn't look good and really if we're being realistic most fans who certainly the ones who are at the game or that managed to watch it or even watch the highlights I think done us a bit of a favour will probably admit that you know based on that performance we were we were lucky to get a point they've put the ball in the net twice albeit one was offside what a great system VAR is by the way absolutely <laughs> I outstanding I <laughs> well I did want to mention VAR because Will you've been very pro VAR and you mentioned it you said it's gone against West Ham a few times obviously the Liverpool game last season always it's the first one that springs to my mind with VAR but you mentioned going against the big teams the Man United's the Liverpool's it's cost West Ham over the years and you know it could have cost you here you could have lost that game 2-1 but VAR's stepped in and you've got a point is this exactly why you wanted VAR because West Ham before that goal might have counted and you would have come away with no points of course yeah I mean it was another one of those situations where everyone was looking at it and I was guilty of it as well I'll be quite honest as I, you know I was lucky enough to watch the game 
the ball went in. I thought, oh, great. That's, that's that then. You know, that's annoying. Great oh, they've scored. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Excellent finish. I was t- thinking about that more so. And you're exactly right. When the uh, when the final decision flashed up and you saw it, it was rightfully so. The guy was offside. He's then played the ball in the middle. If he wasn't in the offside position in the first place, he wouldn't have got to the ball first. Therefore, the goal wouldn't have happened. So that is exactly what you want. Yeah, I mean, after what happened at the City game, I know I was quite critical of the of the the process of VAR but I'm still for for the whole system to be in place because I do think a lot of the decisions will even out a lot of the league um, yeah, totally you know, agree yeah we, we talk we, you know, we, we always mention the Liverpool thing last season um, and you know we, City got a, a dodgy penalty against us last year at the Etihad and they won 1-0 suddenly you know that you know there's a few more points we finished 8th we finished 7th you know and it would have happened to a load of other clubs uh, you know all areas of the league so it will even some of those decisions out and, and even the league up and maybe close that gap between you know the, the top six and the rest of the division. You said you didn't really deserve much from the game, Will, but you did come away with a point. You did take the lead. Hernandez scored a goal that, like I said, VAR was not needed. I mean, I know you've got your problems with Hernandez, what he offers, his contribution, but that was perfectly timed. He was a yard on side. Great finish. You did go 1-0 up. I want to talk about that goal and Hernandez. But more importantly, in a game where... Maybe you was under it. You have taken the lead. How annoying was it to concede only four minutes later? Just quickly, though, he did do his best to miss it, didn't he? He just scuffed it into the <laughs> There's floor. There's just no respect. <laughs> scuffed it into the floor and then it bounced up. It hit Matt Ryan nearly makes the save in the Brighton goal. And it you just can't, it, you just can't say one in. positive thing about the man, can you? What has he done personally? <laughs> no, I must have, no, I will say one positive. I liked his celebration where he puffed his cheeks out and pointed at his face. Everyone thought it was because he'd been given a bit of stick over the summer for being called fat, but no, it wasn't. No, it's actually, but he it's listens cause... every week and it was just, he thought, that's to you, Will. Yeah, every I'm, week you've got something dimples. to say. Yeah. <laughs> no, Hopefully he'll call in later. And, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and I am very good at Spanish, I must admit. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, okay, we'll, wait, we'll look forward but to no, that. I, I think it, you know, again, that's that's what that's what you want. That's what you want. It's great through ball by Lanzini. The that is what you need. That's what he needs to do. And if he keeps doing that for the rest of the season, coming in and scoring once, twice, whatever, coming off the bench and scoring, happy days. I'm I'm not I'm not one of those you know football fans who develops a develops an attitude towards someone. And then that's it forever. Uh, by all means, if Hernandez turns up every week and scores and forces Haller out the team, I'll be the happiest man in East London. And I'll be the first one to go, Carl, wasn't I wrong before? Listen back to these podcasts and these well, radio shows. No, but up. Honestly, I will. <laughs> Listen back to me then. God, blimey, how much did I hate him then? I very much base my opinion on how how I feel about people at the time and how they're contributing. And you know what? Happy days for Hernandez. I'm really pleased for him and I'm pleased for the club. And if he... But he needs to keep doing it. I'm, I'm by no means, you know, is he going to get one goal away at Brighton? Because his overall play and his overall style affects the way we play as well. And I do believe that that, you know, although he's put the ball in the net, which is good, he, you know, the way he plays and his lack of mobility and general combative play like you get with Haller and like we got with Donatovic before, that does, it holds the team back as a whole. And having him in, I think, like, you know, just makes us makes us play worse basically just to not dress it up too much but no happy days if he keeps doing that and putting the ball in there the rest of the season I will gladly eat my words but to concede that goal four minutes after going one new up James killer blow really how annoying was it just to like let's steady the shit we're one new up now and it's sort of, sort of like a mental switch off from West Ham there weren't it yeah I think so I mean I mean I wasn't surprised when that when the you know, when the goal flashed up on my phone, I thought, oh, you know, typical West Ham, you know, failed to hold on to a lead almost immediately after. It was that lad Trossard who I spoke about last week 
um, when I said, you know, we got we've got to be careful of him because he looks a bit of a handful, and he, he, you know, he had the goal to sell out at the beginning as well, didn't he? So it, it's frustrating. It's not surprising that we we didn't hold on to the league, but you know, it is what it is. Well, we know what James and Will think in the studio, and next it's time to speak to Danny Gabadon. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio by We Are West Ham, James Jones and Will Pugh. We've been talking a little bit about the Brighton game. 1-1, not the performance we wanted, but we got the point. We're off and running, playing Watford this weekend. I'm delighted to say now we've been joined by Danny Gabadon on the phone, ex-West Ham legend. Danny, thank you so much for joining us tonight and giving us a little bit of your time. Not the start West Ham maybe wanted, was thinking that the first three points on the board would be against Brighton on the previous weekend. We're not too concerned about points. We know we've got Watford this week. What are you making, though, of West Ham's performance so far? Um, I think, obviously, Charlie, it's been a you know, difficult start to the season. Obviously, nobody wants to play Man City first game of the season. Um, you know, we really have kind of struggled against them um, in recent games. They're a fantastic team. So I think you can kind of write that kind of game off. Obviously, a lot of West Ham fans are saying, look, our season starts after Man City. And I think, you know, the Brighton of last season, I would have fully expected probably West Ham to go there and, and pick up three points. But with Graham Potter kind of coming in as the new manager, you don't really know what to expect. Um, you look at Brighton and, you know, playing a three-of-the-back kind of system now under the new manager and playing a, um, a more attractive style of football, I think you have to kind of take that into account as well. So I think to kind of get out of there with a point, um, as you say, kind of get up and running um, was good. Um, but I still think, you know, obviously there is a lot of work to be done and a lot of things to be worked on. Um, and Watford coming up now on the weekend is going to be another difficult game. They haven't started the season too well themselves, but but very good at Vicarage Road, so another tough one. Evening, Danny. Thanks for coming on. Just um, one one quick one. I've noticed um, on your Twitter the other day, you retweeted something from David Cottrell, and it was, I can't broadcast the exact wording, but it was, <laughs> VAR is rubbish, was the, uh, <laughs> was, was the general the general feeling. Yeah. Obviously, West Ham benefited at the weekend. I'm, I'm a big yeah. fan. James is, you know, has got a few more... Few, a few more concerns, shall we say, about the the system, the implementation. Obviously, West Ham benefited at the weekend. What are your, you know, just it, it was pretty clear from your Twitter what you thought, but what, what do you think, sort of, certainly yeah, based around um, the decision at the weekend? Um, for, I think for me, is I'm not a big fan, um, and obviously, I think maybe from a fan point of view, compared to a player point of view, it probably differ in certain ways. Um, I mean. I played football for X amount of years and, of course, you had decisions kind of go against you, decisions go for you and um, you'd be happy with certain things and, you you know, you wouldn't be so happy with certain decisions, but you'd quickly kind of get over it and accept it. But that's how football is and, you know, it's a game played by humans, it's refereed by humans, so, you know, human error is kind of part of the game and, I don't know, I never thought that you needed to be changed to these lengths where, you know, technology has to come in and you're drawing lines across people and, you know, inches are being given on, on offside people's nose and arms and things like this. I just think it's it's gone a bit too crazy. And, and of course, then when you're maybe bending laws and changing laws then to kind of accommodate VAR coming in to make those decisions easier with VAR, then I don't know, I just think it's gone a little bit too far the other way. And, um, you know, with fans as well, you think a goal scored, you're celebrating a goal as a player, celebrating a goal and then, you know, something gets pulled back and then suddenly it's not a goal. I just think 
the whole kind of emotion of the game. I think you're playing with the emotions and um, you know, will we see players kind of celebrating goals anymore? I think over a period of time, as, as VAR gets implemented, you, you might see players scoring goals and, and maybe not even celebrating, fans not celebrating until the VAR decision is kind of given. I don't know. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm just a bit stuck in my <laughs> I'm old-fashioned, stuck in old ways, being a player and stuff. I just think the whole you know, stop-starting of the game and stuff, I think if you ask any kind of player... I'm not sure that any player would would want VAR. Well, um, da- maybe it's different for fans, and I, I don't know. But. Danny, just just on that, you mentioned it. That's that's what's quite interesting for me is you know there's there's plenty of fans queuing up, and you can go on Twitter, you can listen to any radio station, you know that, and there'll be fans yeah. telling you what they think. I, it was interesting listening to Tim Cahill on Match of the Day at the weekend was talking about how. Obviously, he's a centre forward, but as a player, the, the VAR might make him play different and that his game would be different. From a centre-half's point of view, you'll obviously know people still playing the game and in the, at the yeah. highest level at the moment. As a centre-half, do you think that would actually make you change the way you actually play the game every week? Um, yeah, I think he's got a point, to be fair. I think you know the law changes for defenders over the last few years um, of, of restricted defenders already, You know the, the tackle from behind... Um, you know, the, the referee's got hot about the pulling the shirt in the box and things like that. Um, you know, if a player goes through now and you you make a mistimed tackle, it's a red card. So it's hard enough for defenders already. But, you know, now I think, you know, even things from like, you know, set pieces and stuff where you're trying to mark a, um, an opposition player tightly, now I'm going to be thinking twice about maybe, you know, pulling a player's shirt or, or trying to get too tight to them because, um, you know, VAR is watching and, and you're thinking, well, somebody might get pulled back here. So, I do think you're going to have to probably change your um, your type of game, whether it's a you know a defender or an attacker, because um, you know these cameras are watching every little thing, um, and if you do something wrong now, it is going to get kind of pulled up. You can't really get get away with anything now. So I do think over time, um, as it is implemented more, then you probably are going to see players having to adapt their, their game to um, to what's happening with the technology. Yeah, for sure. Danny, it's James here. Um, it, just moving on to the, the captaincy, there's been a lot of talk about, um, you know, Bonner was given the armband at the weekend uh, with Noble out. You know, it doesn't seem to be a, a solid deputy, uh, yeah. sort of, you know, deputy captain. Uh, were, you, were you ever captain? At, uh, did you ever captain the side at West Ham at all? Um, no, I don't think I did. No. Did, no. Did, did you feel that you know, if if the if the main captain was out every time that there, that, you know, that you felt as if there was always one other captain to fall back on, or did you not think it mattered? Do you think that you know, as long as the you know the the dressing room were all as one and that, then did, did it did it really matter at all? Um, I think yeah, it definitely matters. I think um, one of the best captains I've actually played under in my time at West Ham was well. Obviously, Scotty Parker was one of them. Um, he was hugely kind of influential. All the players kind of looked up to him, and the way he kind of led with his performances, the way he kind of looked after the dress room, and and Lucas Neal was another one actually. Um, I, I, you know, a lot of people talk about captains now in the modern day football and say maybe they're not as important, but I think from a West Ham point of view, um, leadership is important. I think you know Mark Noble, the job that he's done mm. um, since he's taken over that role has been fantastic and I think you notice that when he's not playing I don't think there are too many other leaders that will step up and kind of do the job that he does it is still a very um, important role um, and that's what I'm, you know, I, I can never say a bad word against him not just is he a fantastic player but, but he really does lead by example with his performances and, 
and you do notice that when he's not on the team, I don't really see anybody else in that West Ham team uh, stepping up and, and doing the job that he does when he's not there. So, um, no, it's, I think it is a problem. I think it's been a problem for West Ham the last few seasons, not having enough leaders in those dressing in the dressing, sorry. Um, people who can, I don't know, show the, the other players the way, um, you know, what West Ham is all about, um, what is expected on a weekly basis. And I think that's why you've seen over the last you know, three or four seasons kind of inconsistency in performances. Some weeks where the players kind of turn up and perform, perform well, other weeks where they don't. Um, you know, at times I I kind of feel sorry for Noves a little bit because I think he, as you say, I don't think he probably has enough players of his thinking on his side. He probably feels like he's a little bit in the minority, a little bit with um, how the dressing room is now. You know, a lot of kind of foreign players coming into the, the dressing room and it can be quite hard as a captain then to, to control that dressing room, I think, when you don't probably have enough people of your thinking, um, your way of thinking on your side. So, um He's, he's a big, big part of the club still, uh, very important. And as I said, you know, when he's not there, when he's not playing, that's when you really realise how, how important he is to the team. Danny, a lot's been made of the money that West Ham have spent in this transfer window. They broke their record signing, obviously. They signed Sebastian Haller, Pablo Fornals. A lot of good players have come in. Without admitting it, maybe, or subconsciously, how hard or easy is it for West Ham fans to just temper those expectations a little bit? Because with those type of signings, they're trying to move into that Wolves-Leicester bracket and do what they've done, break the top six, break the top seven if they can. Obviously, the performances and results haven't gone that way slightly so far, even if yeah. it has only been two games what should their expectations be now or should they just it's still early days and let's see well it is still early days um, you know trying to break into that top six is, is very very difficult you know some really good teams up there and you know the amount of money that's involved in the Premier League now every support wants to see their team kind of progressing and spending money and try, trying to improve and with that I think you have to be slightly realistic as well and not get too far ahead of yourselves but, but certainly I think with the squad that West Ham have you know, they should be looking to, to qualify for a European place, Euro, a Europa League place um, with a squad that they have, you know, should be achievable. Um, but it's, it is easier said than done. You know, the, the Premier League is very competitive. Um, there's certain things that you have to have in your team, not just spending money and, uh, and you know, buying quality players. You have to have, um, you know, a manager as well who can set the team up correctly, tactically, uh, you know, you have to get that balance right of being difficult to beat, but then also, you know, being a threat going forward. And, you know, I just feel with West Ham in a minute, you look at them going forward, you know, they have some fantastic attacking players. I think this season you're going to see a lot of entertaining games. They're going to um, take it to the opposition. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of high-scoring games. But, you know, whether that gets them to a European spot at the end of the season, I don't know, because as I said, you know, you have to have that balance of being difficult to beat, but then also you know, posing a threat going forward. And uh, I think the biggest thing with West Ham is, is maybe that midfield area. Um, I would have liked to have seen maybe another kind of defensive midfielder come in um, to supplement Declan Rice and, and Mark Noble. Um, so I think you know, it was a long, difficult season for those two to um, shoulder most of the work for the season. I think it's going to be difficult. Obviously, you've got Wilshire back, but, you know, will he stay fit for the whole season? I don't know. Um, for now, obviously, he can play. They played in that position on the weekend. But I would have liked to have seen... I think they're a little bit light in midfield, and that's the area that, that worries me a little bit. But but certainly, I think West Ham, they'll be very entertaining this season. But um, whether they can get that balance right, whether Pellegrini can get the balance right between 
um, being difficult to beat, not conceding goals and obviously getting the attacking players uh, firing. I think that still remains to be seen. Danny, we really appreciate you giving us some time. Hopefully we speak to you soon. Thank you for that. Danny Gabbard on there, former West Ham legend. Uh, I just want to quickly ask you then, because I saw a tweet today and and before, disclaimer, absolute nonsense this tweet, but I thought I have to ask Will and James, because you know people so quick to judge the instant success, instant results, and Twitter can be a, a dangerous place. I looked at the West Ham Twitter after the Brighton game, and someone, obviously, West Ham fan tweeted, paid all this money uh, and um, Haller, even though he didn't play, looking back at the City game, if he doesn't score and he doesn't come back in the side, when are we going to consider him a bust? And I thought, he's not even played this weekend against Brighton. Like, and I, although that is nonsense, I'm just putting that to you there, Will's already he's, he's getting ready to steam in. When is it the question I'll ask then, changing the perspective, when do things go from good feelings... When does that line blur and change? If it's six games, eight games, like, right, now it is a worry. Almost like the winning. When do we change and be like, we need him to score now? Because I know you two in the past have made 39th striker that Golden Sullivan have signed. We haven't had the number nine for years or someone who's got 15 goals. When does that worry creep in? Although I don't agree with that tweet because I thought he was very good in week one. That's why people say those sort of things because we've got such a poor history Mm. of buying strikers. Um, I have absolutely no doubt whatsoever that Haller's going to be a success. Just having watched him for what I think was on for 90 minutes against City, Mm. I thought he was played well. I think he was absolutely fantastic. It was a breath of fresh air seeing the striker have such an impact, particularly in such a difficult game. uh, uh, You know, as it is when you play Man City, and he was superb. Um, It's such a disappointment that he missed out against Brighton, but. You know he's going to score goals, and you know, any and I can see why fans are a little bit like, oh, you know, if he don't score, or how long are we going to wait until he does score? He, if if he plays, he will score goals this season. He'll get into double figures easily, I think. But James, you know, just quickly, we've, no, got, to, we've you got to give him the we've got to give him the the service. We need to keep those you know, flair players, the attacking players, you know, the creative players behind him, fit and raring to go. And if they're on the pitch with him, we we'll have no problem scoring goals this year. The problem we've got is keeping them out. I think the the argument that, that that person said on Twitter is obviously a bit of a non-starter, but Will, for your reply, why do, why do fans think of this straight away? Why does this even creep into someone's mind? We should be talking performance results. We already want to discuss whether, even if it is clickbait, Sebastian Haller could be a bust. I mean, we're two games in and he's played one of them. No, I was going to say, obviously I haven't seen it. Was it a legitimate account? Because that's pathetic. Yeah. That is pathetic. <laughs> that is absolutely pathetic. It is, it like, is pathetic. If someone said that to me, imagine if you're in the pub and one of your mates said that, you'd literally be like, "Go home, you're drunk." Like you, you would. You? Like what a stupid thing to say. The the man's played two lots of, or sorry, he played the Hertha Berlin game as well, didn't he? Three scored, friendlies in ninety minutes of Premier League football. Scored on scored in the friendly against Hertha Berlin, didn't he? Played really well and was involved in both the goals against Athletic Bilbao. Doesn't score but plays well against the best team on the planet, probably. Then misses one game for injury and he's a bust. Not a football fan, not yeah. a West Ham not fan. Not to defend oh, that on. person, I don't think they were saying a bust. Was, like, was it you? Don't... Was it you? No, come <laughs> on, mate. Soft spot at heart, me. I actually really enjoyed Haller's performance in the first game. I think the point they were trying to make, and I'm not trying to defend them, is that when do we consider when? And I think that's what I ask. When is that line? If he hasn't scored by, uh, I reckon if he hasn't scored at least once by the end of September then I'll be like, hang on, I'm a little bit worried. But at the same time, you have to give a player like Haller a little bit of time to settle in. So, you know, would I have any right to be worried? Probably not, but I suppose because of our record with, with strikers, it does creep in a little bit from. psychologically. But I don't, 
I think, you know, we always talk about giving foreign players, expensive foreign players, time to settle in a new country. Fornells has come out today and said, you know, he needs to get used to playing the Premier League. You know, new uh, new opponents, you know, new teammates, new speed of football. It's a completely different game than it is over in the Liga. It's a different game than it is in the Bundesliga. So we have to give these players time to settle. And if that means him not scoring until Christmas, but then he'll go and bag 10, 15 goals, um, you know, in the second half of the season, then all, you know, so be it. Because, you know, I think he's going to be a success. I think it's because people put that price on it, don't they, Will? And they go... I just want goals. They just want instant success. It's forty-five million. We should be getting well, this. And sometimes they don't six look, goals a game. Yeah, they don't look at it logically. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and not just that. Look, it's ridiculous. If we're winning games, it doesn't matter. Olivier Giroud led the line for the World Cup winning team in the summer. Was nowhere near getting putting the ball in the net. Was he? He didn't have a shot on target. No, all, all exactly. Tournament. Yeah. So and and you know they're very similar sort of players. I couldn't care less if he doesn't score for the rest of the season, but we win every game that he plays. Then happy days. You know, it's, it's so much more. Oh, with a striker, it is more about goals, but there is so much more to football than just whether you put the ball in the net and that's why transversely it annoys me so much about Hernandez because people just say oh he's a really good goal scorer there's more to it than that he's all round game and that's what we've bought Haller for not just you know for 12 goals a season that's exactly right and I think we, we saw in the Bilbao game uh, where he set up two, you know, he's, he's more. On. He's more than goals. He, he has assists in his game as well. Brilliant, yeah, yeah, super. You saw that in the first game. I mean, I think. And today, the problem is, football's more than just fantasy football and how many points your players scoring. It's not just about goals. It's what they do for the team and how they contribute. Well, next, talking of scoring, we are going to do the West Ham quiz. The overall score is tied at one-one, but James is leading four-two. From Ali to Zaha, we've got it covered. Love Sport Radio. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I've been joined in the studio by We Are West Ham, James Jones and Will Pugh. And we now come to my favourite bit of the show, my favourite bit of the week. It can only be the West Ham quiz. The mystery players, the scores are tied at one all apiece, 4-2 to James Jones as it stands. This is it, though. Week three. Someone is going to take the lead this week. I think we should just clear up, though. It's one all in game weeks, but 4-2 on. 4-2 overall. Goal yeah. difference. I'm just goal difference. Goal difference. Well, yeah. but James is winning 4-2. I mean, I am over, overall winning, yeah, but I Will wants to hang on to the one all thing. Well, no, I, mean, I think we're doing game weeks in Will's yeah, yeah. defence. I think exactly, we're doing yeah. game weeks. It's like normal football, isn't it? It's mm. the overall but it's goal difference. If it's tight in the season, we're going goal difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And I think we have to take a... We've got a thing at Christmas as well. Obviously, Charlie did say he'd buy the first round for us because we've treated him so well but yeah. then it's after that the, the loser at Christmas buys the next one I think mm. oh, I'm getting yeah. James the first drink I don't know about you you can have a <laughs> water <laughs> right well it is the, the tension's already started this is the West Ham quiz this is player one and clue one they started their career at Gillingham clue number two they made their debut for West Ham against QPR in 2012 James was nearly off the mark, but he, he he saved it. Clue number three. They made the most amount of crosses in the league. Matt Jarvis. That is correct. Ah, Jesus. Oh, he's off. 5-2. Morning. Oh, 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 okay. He may have been away on holiday, but the knowledge is still there. Player number two. Clue number one. They finished their career at Celtic. John Artson. No, no, that is incorrect. No, he's, that oh, he's a bit premature that there. Oh, he, he, nerves nerves played a part there. He's folding. Clue number two. <laughs> and, and I'm reading this genuinely. This other clue's been typed up. Absolutely loved the goal against Coventry. 
<laughs> That's a great clue. Yeah. Great clue. Great clue. Uh, clue number three. Shirt number eight. Oh, man. Clue number four. Centre half. Oh, I wanna, I'm going to say Mark go. Reaper. That is correct. Oh, oh now we believe. Oh, oh, see you later. Un- unbelievably, it Mark comes Reaper. down to God. the last player for this game week. Someone to take I the lead. I want to know how many goals Mark Reaper scored against Coventry because <laughs> that's a mad, that's a mad hit. <laughs> right, Mike, how many goals did he get against Coventry? The tension in the studio is, is unbelievable. I actually it's feel palpable. Sick. I feel right. nervous for the first time this season. It is five three, but a game week is at stake here. We're player number three, clue number one shares the same surname as another previous player. Oh, man. Two, was bought with the Rio Ferdinand transfer money. Clue number three, played for Liverpool. Clue number four, I'm expecting you both, like, answers on the buzzers. Because it's coming, I believe, in this clue. Go on. They managed the Cameroon national team. Is it Rigobert's song? It is. 2-1. And James Jones, 6-3 overall, 2-1 in game weeks. Do you know what? what? I was thinking, I was thinking, after the the, the two surnames and then uh, Simon Rio Ferdinand money, I was like, was it song? Was it song? Because they were related, I think, Rigobert and... Uh, as soon as that. you said managers, oh, it was in. It was, it was easy, awful. easy. Reese, Reese, it was um, easy. More like that, please, mate. Yeah, Reese. Thank you again. again. Yeah, yeah. Reese playlist quizmaster quiz every week. Absolute hero, friend of We Are West Ham for sure. But sorry, I mean, at least give me credit for Mark Reaper. Oh, no, I will. I, will. Yeah, I should get I will. two points for that. I will. We'll, we'll, you we'll, can't change the rules to suit you, man. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be like you know, at the end of the season. Once, goal of the you season, know, they'll yeah. go, oh, it's goal of the season or assist of the season or something like that. That's what we'll give you. Traditionally, like West Ham, James, you might have started slow. You went 1-0 down, but you are 2-1 up, 6-3 overall. So you could have an off week next week and it could only go back to 6-6. Will, how are you feeling? 2-1 down, 6-3 down. I must admit, yeah, there there were some some good clues that week. I like that. And yeah, fair play from James. That was impressive stuff. But yeah, I am happy with the Mark Reaper shout because, you know, it just proves I've still got it. Him and Mark Keller, I'm I'm quite happy to get the rogue ones. If you get the run of the mill ones all season, James, that's fine. But I'm not that sort of player. Just not nice, is it? It's just not a like a James, pleasant James, bone in the body. James is very much adopting a Tony Pulis approach to the quiz. I feel you know it's very much just it's, it's Tony not, Pulis it's not, wish he scored that many goals. It's, it's, he wishes he his get results. Is that, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's doing nothing for the fans. You know, a lot of the fans listening in are going, "Oh, Will Mark Reaper, what a great shout!" And, you know, James doing the run of the mill stuff. I reckon. Easy. I reckon. They, I reckon. They, you know, they're sitting there with a cup of tea in front of the box, going, "How the hell did you get Rigobert's song?" <laughs> I, I mean, and you know, I'm, I'm here to please. I'm here to please. That's good stuff. Thanks, Reese. I appreciate it. Well, James, you got the win this week. Hopefully, West Ham are getting the win this weekend because we are going to talk about a Watford preview talking to Jacob Colshaw next. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio by We Are West Ham, James Jones and Will Pugh. And I've got to say, the debate is still rumbling on game week 6-3. Will's worried he's too behind. James isn't going to no be here in a few charts. There's a few concerns in the studio, but James does have a 2-1 lead. But I'm delighted now to say that we are joined on the phone by Jacob Colshaw from the W. 
D18 Watford podcast. West Ham obviously play Watford this weekend. Jacob, thank you for joining us. Not the greatest starts in the Premier League for Watford. Two games, no points, no goals scored. They play West Ham this weekend. What are you making of Watford's season so far? Hi, guys. Yeah, it's not been a good start to the season. Um, four goals conceded, zero scored. Um, it was a much improved performance, though, this week at Goodison Park. We, we actually offered a bit more of an attacking threat. Uh, Craig Dawson hit the bar from a corner in the first half, and then Troy Deeney should have really scored um, past Jordan Pickford in the second half. But it was much improved from Brighton, and that gives us a bit more optimism going into West Ham this week. But it's a massive game for Watford, it really is. If we lose three on the bounce, then serious questions have to be asked of Javi Gracia, and, and the team as well. But hopefully we can see uh, club record man Ismail Assar feature this coming Saturday. Um, and potentially Danny Welbeck could start as well. So optimism's kind of increased a little bit from the Brighton game. But still, at the same time, it's a big game on Saturday and we need to get all three points. Jacob, is there any concern? Obviously, West Ham served up a, or dished up a bit of a serving <laughs> up to Watford at the end of last season, last game of the season yeah. with a 4-1 victory it was very much had with the feel of one of those end of season games where both clubs didn't really have too much to worry about and was just a, a very nice away day for our fans indeed is there is there any sort of concern about that because from a West Ham perspective it's not especially after the start of the season Watford have had there's not a, you know there's, there's not really a sense of worry or concern ahead of the game mm. yeah I think uh, that that game towards the back end of last season. I think a little bit of context is needed for it. Of course, we had the FA final coming up. I think one eye was definitely on that. But having said that, to be battered 4-1 at home um, wasn't good at all. Um, and you, West Ham thoroughly, thoroughly deserved the win. You obviously um, beat us at London Stadium as well in December. Beat us 2-0, didn't you, last season? Yeah. So, you know, it's not like you haven't got form. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think both sides are quite evenly matched, actually. I'd probably say West Ham are going into it probably with a bit more confidence than us. Um but I think at the same time, can you read too much into that win at the back end of last season? Probably, but at the same time, there was a lot of context to it with us having the FA Cup final a couple of weeks later. Um, but certainly, I'd, I'd fancy West Ham this coming Saturday. We're, we're not in good form at the moment at all. Two losses to start the season. Um, I definitely fancy your guys' chances. Jacob, it is only the third game of the season, so obviously don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But is it vital that Watford or West Ham win this weekend? Can we label the game a six-pointer? Ooh, it's a tough one. I probably wouldn't lay. I think it's a more important game for Watford actually than West Ham. Um, I think, yeah, I just think if we lose three games on the bounce, not being funny to Brighton, Everton, and West Ham, no disrespect, but we should be at least getting four points, I'd say, out of those three games. If we come out of those three with zero, um, then serious questions have to be asked. I think it's, it's a big game for Watford, a big game for Gracia as well. Uh, last season, we won the first four games, and if we lose on Saturday and lose the first three, then it's a complete roles reversal to last season. But no, and then we then the Newcastle game after that. There's four big games. Um, well, four big games in this month. We've lost two already. Um, and then you look at our September as well. Really difficult. We've got to play Arsenal, Wolves, uh, Manchester City as well. And I can't see us picking up any points in September. Um, but it's a big game for Watford on Saturday. And Newcastle after that as well are, are two big games for us. Jacob, what, what, what's happened to Javi Gracia then? Because... You know, it was only towards the end of last season. I know, obviously, before the FA Cup final and before, you know, mm. your form dips in the league a little bit. You know, everyone was talking about how much a great job he was doing and, you know, Watford were on the up. And uh, Am I right in saying he's, he's your longest-serving manager in, Premier, in the Premier League history? Yeah. And, you know, it all seemed to be pretty good. OK, you lost a few games through the end of the season, but your FA Cup final, a lot of good, you know, good feeling games this season. And it started a little bit badly. I mean, has he been doing anything differently? 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one, actually, because last season we, we were really good uh, for the large majority of it. I'd probably say about three quarters of the season we were fantastic. We occupied seventh, eighth for most of the season. And then in, in retrospect, I think the cup final didn't do us any favours. Um, that West Ham result says it all. We were really poor towards the back end of last season. Um, and we didn't actually have a lot of confidence going into the season. Although we brought in a couple of players, we'd actually gone on a winless run of eight. Um, and that's now been brought up to 10. Um, mm. And then when you look at it like that, I think serious questions have to be asked. You don't want to jump the gun too quickly. Um, and that's why it's such a big game on Saturday, because if we win that, then everyone's, everyone's feeling confident about the season ahead. If we lose that, um, and if it's a Brighton sort of performance, then yeah, I don't think it's looking too good for the season. I think where it's probably gone wrong is that Javi hasn't really changed up the system. We're becoming a bit too predictable. Um, every game we start with the 4-4-2. He doesn't like to change the formation. He doesn't really like to change personnel either. It takes a while in the game for him to make substitutes. Um, so I think if we go into this Saturday with a different formation, maybe mix up a little bit. It's just becoming a bit too predictable. Um, and if the likes of Danny Welbeck, if a new man, Ismila Sark can play as well, then I think we've got a chance. But certainly we've got to, we've got to move on from our formation last season. It's become far too predictable. Jacob, one other thing that will interest a lot of our listeners is the, the fate and the form of Domingos Quinoa, or Quinoa, mm. I'm still yet to nail down the pronunciation, <laughs> but he obviously threatened he, he threatened to sort of do a bit for you at the beginning of his career. I saw him, he was obviously on the bench for the Everton game at the weekend. Is there is there promising signs from, you know, from his time with you mm. that he might do a little bit more than he managed to do with us, or is it kind of one of those players who you think he might just fade into the ether as one of those who showed a lot of promise but then didn't really deliver? <laughs> yeah, no, Domingos is someone who's rated really highly at Watford, actually. Um, he featured a couple of times before he got injured last season. Um, in his first game, he's got an absolute screamer at Reading away in the Carabao Cup. And then he scored his first Premier League goal against Cardiff at home. Um, he's a player who just looks really comfortable on the ball, technically very good. Um, and we managed to beat off competition from Real Madrid and Barcelona. So I think that's a lot about him. Um, but I think we could even see him feature on, on Saturday. I think he'll be on the bench. But a lot of Watford fans have been saying, start Keener in a midfield three of the Corey Kapoor and Keener. He's rated that highly by Watford fans. And he's definitely one to watch. I think he could easily be a 30, if not £40 million pound player in the future if he plays regularly. Um, but he's been played by injuries in the last season anyway. Um, so if he can get some more game time, I'm sure we'll see the best of him. But certainly he's, he's definitely one to watch. Jacob, we mentioned then that West Ham were very busy this transfer window. They broke their transfer record signing. Over at Watford, mm. it was quite a quiet window. You did sign Danny Welbeck. Was that concerning for fans that they didn't really add to the window to push on from that cut run last year? Yeah, I mean, we brought in Danny Welbeck. We also brought in Craig Dawson from West Brom. Um, I think a lot of Watford fans were quite negative about Dawson's arrival because he was from a championship club. We were maybe potentially looking for a maybe a, a high-caliber central defender. But I think Craig Dawson's has done OK since he's come in. I think we obviously smashed our transfer record for Ismail Assar from Rennes for £35 million. And he's the, the player we want to be seeing. He hasn't featured as of yet uh, against Brighton and Everton. But hopefully this coming Saturday we'll see him. I think he'll be on the bench. Um, but I think actually the optimism was pretty high going into the season. We obviously signed Welbeck, Craig Dawson and, and Saar as well, doubling our transfer, transfer record. So everything was feeling good going into the season, but it just seems like we've kind of continued our form from the back end of, of from the last campaign. Um, so I'd actually say our transfer business was pretty good overall. Um, it just hasn't seemed to click yet. But as you said, it's only two games into the season. You can't overreact too much just yet. But um, no, I was quite happy with our transfer business, actually. 
Jacob, you know, you mentioned earlier you haven't scored a goal yet this season, but um, I think we can all agree that you know if Troy Deeney plays, then you, you're going to score against us because he loves a goal against West Ham, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, I remember that um, goal at the London Stadium. I think it was the 2016-17 season where he um, was it chip, chipped Adri- Adrian. It was a great finish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he loves a goal against West Ham. Um, hopefully, we can get back to his. His former self, he looked, he was isolated against Everton, actually. He should have really scored, as I said earlier. Um, missed a big opportunity at 1-0 down. Um, and against Brighton, he was really poor as well. So, I think if we play how we did against, against those two sides, then I think it'll be quite easy for the West Ham defence. Um, if we just need to change up our style, we've been going too, too direct, long ball. It's not been working. Adini hasn't been winning the flick-ons. But, as you said, if he gets into his groove, we get a bit of momentum, then I'm sure he'll do OK on Saturday. Well, Jacob, Watford are yet to score a goal, yet to get a point, but will they get a point this weekend? Will that change? What is your score prediction? Um, oh, my, my head's saying a West Ham win. My heart's saying we'll, we'll, we'll get a draw. I think we will get a draw. I think it'll be 1-1. Thank you, Jacob. We really appreciate you coming on there. Jacob Colshaw from the WD18 podcast. It is now time for Will and James to give their predictions ahead of this weekend's game. Will, we'll start with you. Will West Ham get the three points? One thing I will just quickly applaud you on, Charlie, was that you guessed one all for West Ham Brighton last week. When I listened I've got back a compliment to compliment the... off Will. <laughs> no, when I, I listened back. God, are you all right? When I yeah. listened back to the show, I was very shocked to hear Charlie get one right. But no, fair play. So just a little bit of applause for you for that. Mate. Yeah, if you can predict us to win now, that'd be great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I wanted to get in two now, predictions. Yeah. If you just <laughs> say we're gonna win four 0 that'd be great. But no, I think this week, again, you've got to take form into it. If Haller and Anderson are back in, then I'll back us. I'll back us against anyone if them two are in the team this season, to be honest. So I'm going to be a little bit more conservative. I think we'll ship goals and say 2-1 to West Ham. 2-1 to West Ham. James, what is your prediction and thoughts of the game? Um, I, I can't. Disc- I, I think we'll concede. I don't think we'll get many clean sheets this season, given the way our defence is. But you know, as, as Will quite rightly said, with Haller, if Haller plays, even with Chicharito, who scored a goal last week, you know we can't, can't forget him. Got a Yeti to come on as well. Uh, I'm going to say three-one West Ham. We'll concede, um, probably to a Troy Deeney penalty or something. But you know we will score. We will score goals. Three-one. Very convincing. I'm going to go. I'm torn about this one because if if this was at West Ham, for me this is West Ham in a bag. Been very disappointed with Watford so far. They're yet to score a goal. I do think West Ham will win. I do think there'll be goals apiece. But because it's at Vicarage Road, it could be a draw. But I'm going to say West Ham. I think it'll be a late winner. I'll say two-one to West Ham. So hopefully I'll keep up my run. Nice one, yeah. yeah. I will, I'll take that every week if you always get them right guessing like that, Charlie. Yeah, I'm, I'm on a decent run of predictions, actually. Yeah? Yeah, I'm, I'm going all right. What did I say week one? Must you predicted we do quite well. Yeah, what, this season? <laughs> no, against uh, against City. <laughs> yeah, did I? Did, did, I, did, I, I did quite well did against City first time. Yeah, it's probably yeah. the best, best time to play them. <laughs> I probably did, but, and that's why I was very disappointed. That's why I was very disappointed. <laughs> Only because I bought into you two, I've invested, you know, big team mentality. This was going to be West Ham's year. It is, Charlie. It is. It's time, it is. It's time, time. It's time. It's not Patience. It's a long game. That's what we do on the West Ham show. Well, this has been the West Ham Fan Show and Love Sport Radio with We Are West Ham. We'll see you next week. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network.